You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. You're listening to the AME Radio Show. Welcome, everybody, to the AME Radio Show. We are here for the next hour talking about art, music, and entertainment once again, as we single as we do every single solitary week. I am your host, Jason Dowd. Sit back, relax, have some fun with me, and listen to these great guests we have coming up. Listen to the talk that we have going out there, and be inspired to get out there and try your own style of art, whatever that may be. The great thing about art is there's really no right or wrong. It's only simply interpretation. Um, people have different tastes, so therefore, some are going to like it, some are not going to like it. But there's no real right or wrong to it. Even if it looks childish to some people, it may look like a masterpiece to others. So whatever it is, go out there and try it. Do your best. Put yourself into your artwork, whatever it may be, whatever form of art it may be. You know, you got literary arts, you got culinary arts, you got fine arts, you got uh, performing arts. Whatever, whatever it is, you're doing something productive that will benefit other people. And what's great about it is it's a great form of therapy, and it's half the cost of your of your uh, uh, psychiatrist. So if you have issues, try taking art. And if that doesn't work, then go obviously see a doctor. But it is very therapeutic. I know because I have used it myself for therapy, and it has been a wonderful thing. It's gotten me through some dark times. It's gotten me through some great times. Um, it balances me. That's what, that's what art is. Art is a balance. So, we have two great guests coming up today. We have Missy Grinkowitz, and she is a comedian on True TV. She's very funny. We're going to be talking to her about motherhood. And then we have this amazing uh, singer and actress. She actually did theatrical arts for most of her life. She's still into it, but she really wants to get into the, um, into the music now. And her name is Raffaella, so we're going to be talking to her in just a little bit. But first, before we get into anything, go check out our website, www.theamemagazine.com. It's up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it is free. We do not charge anything to see our websites or view any of our content. All you have to do is go to the website, and it's our television, radio, and magazine, so anything that we have up there, it's there. If you missed anything, go check out our website. Also, Facebook. We are on facebook.com forward slash theameexperience. Like us, share us, talk to us, do whatever it takes. Let's get out there and be social. And we're on uh, Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter all the time. It's at Dowd Studios. So if you're on there, check me out, hit me up, let's talk. So what I want to talk to you guys about right now is something I find quite disturbing. And I really hope this isn't going to be an ongoing trend down the line. I'm not going to be going by any parties or any uh, political beliefs left or right because of the fact that it doesn't matter. I am about the principle of what is taking place right now in our country. What I love about the arts, what I love about our country, is that we're able to say what we want to say, believe what we want to believe or not believe. We are able to partake in whatever we want to partake in. And we're also able to opt out of something we don't want to partake in. Whatever, whatever view, whatever, whatever expression we may have, that is our choice to make. It is not yours. It is not anybody else's. It's, it's actually nobody else's. Uh, it's nobody else's concern what I do and what I don't do. But right now in this country, I see a lot of. I see a growing trend going around, and what it's saying is, it's like you have to believe or see what I see. Otherwise, we're going to put you out. We're going to destroy you. And I've seen this going a lot on for a, a long time, but now I'm seeing it starting to affect our our freedom of expression again. The reason being is that when Trump was inaugurated, he had a really hard time finding anybody, uh, A-list celebs, B-list celebs, or whatever, to come out and be a part of the inauguration ceremony. And the reason being is is that they didn't agree with his politics. Well, that's okay. Who cares? You know, the A-list celebrities like, um, uh, let's see, Elton John was one of them. He doesn't, part, he doesn't want to partake in it. That's fine. That's his choice. That is his, his ability to decline that inauguration. However, there was a lot of people that did decide to go do it 
and were then bullied out of out of their acceptance of t- of partaking in that in that inauguration. They were threatened with blackmailing. Um, they were blackballed. They were threatened sometimes with their lives. They were threatened with their careers and everything else by people that had a different opinion than Trump, and that they didn't feel that anybody anybody should support this man. Well, who are they to who are they to say that? It is an honor, regardless of who who's president, Obama, Clinton, Bush, Trump, to be a part of that ceremony. There have only been 45 ceremonies in the history of the United States. It is a select few that get a chance to even be considered for this type of per, uh, situation. So therefore, it's an honor for anybody to go out there and perform. Now, there are a lot of people that would go out there and perform and probably don't agree with 100% of what Trump has to say. But it's the ability to get out there and perform for a president on a national stage that very few will ever have that opportunity to do. Jackie Avancho actually went up and decided to, be, to uh, sing the national anthem for the inauguration. She received some of the worst comments I've ever seen on Facebook. People wishing that she would die. People that hope that her career is destroyed. She is 16 years old, and they are bullying her. They are Gustapoing this type of ceremony and this type of and this type of progress and freedom of expression. They didn't like it when they're silenced. So why the hell would you try to silence somebody else, whether they believe it or not? I don't know if Jackie, you know, completely accepts Trump. She just wants to perform there. What's the problem with that? You know, I could, we could all do this back and forth all the way across the board. Everybody knows that uh, Bruce, Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen has, I hate to say it like this, a wet dream every time he thinks of Obama. He loves Obama. He truly believes that that is the best president that's ever been out there. And that's his right to do that. Not everybody approves of Obama's ways, despite what, what the news has, has said and everything else. However, I never once saw one person boycott him. I never once saw one person say, if you perform for Obama, you will be destroyed in the, in the music industry. Never have I seen that. So why are we doing it now? The Democrats have been one of the biggest proponents or supposed proponents of freedom of speech and non-censorship, equality. And they say that they, that they embrace other people's values and opinions. But that's exactly what I'm not seeing happening. So I don't know what to believe anymore. I truly hope and pray that this changes because this is setting a precedence for new waves of control. America is free because of the freedom of speech. We are free to be able to choose whatever religion, politics, uh, political sides, um, even even health issues for ours, for us. And we're not being told what we can and cannot do by other people. We have the right to say whatever we want without persecution. Or prosecution. However, when you censor somebody, any which way, through threatening them or to physically deny them that because you have a different opinion, is censorship. I remember back in nineteen in the early nineteen nineties when um, CDs started coming out with those explicit lyrics and uh, those labels that they put on the CD, and you weren't able to buy it unless you were over sixteen years old. So you physically had to have a parent come out and buy those things for you. And the music industry went nuts over it. The, the elite stars went nuts because they said it's their right to express whatever they want to say and however they want to say it. And it's up to the parent to say yes or no to buy it. However, it wasn't up to the government to suppress anybody from, from, buying, the, from buying these things. They won. They were right. Who is to say that they can't buy that? The only people that can say that they can't buy that are the parents. So here, here we are now with something else, somebody that they don't like, you know, back in the 1990s it was swear words in, in music. Now it's a political view. And the same people that got out there and were big proponents about censorship and denying censorship and allowing people to express themselves the way that they want to and perform the way that they want to are now suppressing other people from doing that because it doesn't agree with them. This is hypocritical. This is um, detrimental to our, to our freedom of speech in this country. It's detrimental to the arts. It's detrimental to everything that you're standing for because eventually, if we set this precedence, precedence it could flip-flop. That's the problem that we run into. 
if we are truly a free country, we should be able to say or do whatever we want. And we should not be attacking anybody that wants to perform at, at an inauguration, wants to perform at a dignitary's uh, celebration, whatever it may be. We have, to, we have to sit there and support that. Now, if you sit back and, and you don't like whatever they're doing, that's fine. You don't have to participate. That's the key here. We think that everybody has to think like us. You don't have to participate if you don't want to. If you don't want to accept Trump's inauguration uh, performance, you do that. The only person that's going to hurt is you, and that's your choice. That's what's great about it. So what we need to do is we need to stop being bullies. We need to stop realizing that my opinion is more important than your opinion. And I don't want this to go either which way. Like I said, this is nonpartisanship. I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat that they're doing this to. I don't care what it's about. I have a care that is being done, period. Now, if you don't want to support Jackie Avancho just because she's singing the national anthem at Trump and you don't ever want to buy her CD, that's your choice. That's stupid, but it's your choice, especially if you like her. Now, if you don't like her, then it's not going to hurt you either which way. But that's your, th- this is what I'm saying is this is your choice. We have the choice to turn away. We have the choice to support somebody or not support somebody. But to sit there and threaten their very livelihood because it, their, their participation or their belief and whatever it may be is in contrast to you and your beliefs, we got a serious issue. We got a much serious issue than what is going on in our country. And as a free country, we need to embrace the ability to have diverse opinions, diverse thoughts, diverse ways of expressing ourselves. And embrace that. We have to. We cannot have equality if you suppress one side for any reason. I think everybody needs to pick up a, a thesaurus, or uh, not a thesaurus, a dictionary, and learn what equality really is. And learn what the freedom of speech really is about. Pick up the Constitution and read it. Because if you deny yourself that, you deny it for other people, and eventually other people could deny you. That's what I'm going to have to say, guys. I wish President Obama the best. I wish his family the best. And I thank him for what he's done for our country. I also wish President Trump the best. And I wish his family the best for what he needs to do to keep us going as a nation. And we must pray that everybody is safe. We must stop this division in our country. And we must come together and and join in unity. Because when we join in unity... This country has been unstoppable. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got our first guest on the line, and we have so much more. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you stuck with a timeshare? Did you attend the presentation and were seduced and enticed into buying that great vacation and investment? Now you're in the terrible position of trying to figure out a way to get out of that mess. You're not alone. For over 15 years, BuyYourTimeShare.com has been helping people like yourself get out of timeshare ownership. The fact is there is no resale market. Unscrupulous telemarketers call you and say they have buyers waiting, and the next thing that happens is you give them hundreds of dollars for an ad, and you'll never hear from them again. Another fact is that an identical timeshare to yours is being offered on eBay for a dollar, and no one is buying it. If you want out of your timeshare, I urge you to go to buyyourtimeshare.com or call them at 877-94-HELP-ME. That number again is 877-94-HELP-ME. Buyyourtimeshare.com. That's buyyourtimeshare.com. 877-94-HELP-ME. 877-94-HELP-ME. A teacher holds the power to make a huge difference in the lives of students. Dee Dee Ripman's new book, Student Teaching, The Inside Scoop from a Master Teacher, will help both new teachers and veteran teachers to be the best teachers they can be, impacting students' lives one day at a time. Available at ddrittman.com or amazon.com. Again, that's ddrittman.com, D-E-D-E-R-I-T-T-M-A-N.com. Hey, everybody, this is Jay Underwood from uh, the original Fantastic Four, Roger Corman's uh, early 90s production, and now the uh, documentary Doomed, and you are listening to the AME radio show. All right, guys, we are back, and one of the things we're going to be talking about today is motherhood, and motherhood is something that 
everybody should know about because we all have a mother hopefully somewhere some some way because if we don't know our mother we might have a problem there so we have a uh, great comedian coming on talking about motherhood her name is missy grankowitz uh and she's been seen on true tv and we're excited to have you so welcome to the show Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thank oh, you. You're welcome. So, yeah, hopefully we always know our mothers, right? Uh, that one should never yes. be in question, I don't think. It's not usually a question, although you might not ever know your mother as well as you think you do, is really how that works. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> you don't ever want to so see them true. in some weird spot like a biker no, bar, that, no. like a wrestler or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no. There are things that you can witness other people doing that you'd never want to see your mom doing. <laughs> There's probably a few things that I could I could cut out right off the hand on yeah. that one. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm bringing that image to your head because now everybody's picturing that and vomiting a little. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, um, tell me about what what brings you. What's the uh, what's the topic about motherhood for you? Uh, is it is it? Uh, are you a mother yourself? And do you have kids? And tell us a little bit about yes, your situation. I have I have an 18 year old daughter, and I've you know been her mom since she was born. So I've been there, <laughs> <laughs> been there since the the very very beginning. So you know watching the different stages of life has been has been interesting. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, a lot in my act, I talk a lot about, you know, what it's like parenting and now parenting a teen. Yeah. You kind of think your job is almost over, but it's not. It's really not. No, it's forever. No, it's forever. And then, you know, it's only when you're parenting a teen when you realize, you know, what an idiot you yourself are and how everything you do and say is pretty embarrassing on most fronts. <laughs> yeah, because we think we're cool and everybody else is laughing at us. It's true. It is true. Well, and I've, you know what? I don't think that I'm cool, but I didn't know I was as bad as I am, apparently. <laughs> and like, other people find me entertaining. Apparently, I'm just annoying. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> so the robot and all those f fancy dances that you're trying to do to fit in, that just doesn't work, right? And I'm telling you, and I'm an amazing twerker. Like, <laughs> I, I don't get enough credit for those skills. And I am willing to bring them out at any time, and it's it's frowned upon greatly here in my home. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Twerking, yeah. Or those embarrassing. Yeah. What about those? What about those? Um, those shirts, you know, with the funny sayings or something on it. Do you have some of those that you like to throw out once in a while? No, only mainly because I have like a large chest, so anything that I would wear that says something brings even more embarrassing attention for my poor daughter. <laughs> no, and I don't wear mom jeans or anything like that, but I think the thing that I'm most embarrassing with is trying to manipulate my phone and Snapchat and stuff. Like if you want to, if you want to watch a room full of teenagers lose their minds, watch me try to Snapchat. That's pretty bad. Well, at least you're one up on me because I don't even know how to use Snapchat. I mean, I, 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 all I see is I could tape myself doing something funny with some ears and then sending it out to, you know, yes. people. But I don't even know if they watch. I mean, it's 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 like the Mission Impossible of the social media. You know, it goes out it there for just, a, you know, you have five seconds and it's going to delete in in five seconds. You know, and self destruct. It's funny. It's and it's terrifying because it goes up so quickly. Mm -hmm. I accidentally sent out a picture of my foot. To like everybody that I knew, I'm like, thank God it was just my foot, right? But I mean, I didn't even act mean to take a picture at all, much less broadcast it. So I constantly send her snaps of me with ears mm -hmm. and just saying things, you know, like, I, I think it's more cheerful to remind somebody to clean their room if you have a set of dog ears on. It's less, it's less bossy looking. So I just do it through snaps. Sometimes it's easier to parent through social media. Yeah, than it's probably it is the only really way to listen. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody gets mad. <laughs> you know you're being heard. So what's one of the most embarrassing things you've done? Uh, one of the most embarrassing things I've done, I think it used to really get her when she would have friends in the car. She drives herself now before I used to drive and I would pretend to let go of the wheel and just yell, Jesus, take the wheel and <laughs> in front of her friends or, you know, dancing. Or sometimes when she's at the bus stop, I would just drive by and yell, make good choices. <laughs> Don't everybody make good choices. Those kinds of things. 
Um, see, the thing is, is they embarrass us when they're toddlers, so it's kind of a little bit of retribution Yeah. to be able to do that to them when they're teenagers. Did you ever have your daughter do a epic meltdown in a store and it call everybody to look at you and you're just like, I don't know this kid? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're like sweating and you're like smiling through the gritted teeth and you try to pick her up. And, you know, she went limp when I tried to pick her up. So she was just like this melted puddle on the floor. And what killed me is she kept screaming, Bobby, don't hit me. I had never once hit that child ever. Swear to God. And she was screaming as a two-year-old melted in a pile going, Bobby, don't hit me. Bobby, don't hit me. And I'm like, what? I, I don't even know where that came from. It was mortifying. <laughs> it was absolutely mortifying. I'm like, we don't hit in our family. I've never hit you. And I don't think I've ever wanted to hit somebody <laughs> as much as I did at that moment. <laughs> but, I, but alas, I did not. But uh, yeah, that was a good one. Now, are you actually glad that you had a daughter, or would you have wanted a son? Or, or is there a benefit to one of the other out there that you had like a, a pro-choice if you had one of e- one of uh, either? I think it would be cool to have the experience raising both, because boys and girls are so different. And I know that people say, "Oh no, children are the same." They are not, because I, I mean, I, do, I was a teacher for a long time too, and I can assure you, boys and girls are not the same. Um, I think the experiences would be very different. So I've always been curious about it, but I can't imagine it any difference. You know what I mean? Like once you've experienced the one thing, you can't really think, okay, what would have happened if Carly was a boy? I mean, her name would have been Noah, but other than that, I don't really know. I think there are some, uh, I think the early years would have been harder and the teenage years would have been easier. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. Um, the yeah. reason I bring that up is because I had some funny experiences with uh, with kids that I didn't actually know uh, what the parents were, were, were going to be uh, dealing with. But I was at a Sonny's barbecue one time, and I walked into the bathroom, and there was two boys playing in the in the urinal, right? And you know those urinal cakes right. that they have in there? Where yes, they, where yes. They, they had picked them up, and they're holding them and, and just kind of laughing. And I walked in there. They looked at me like they just, like a deer cut just got caught in headlights. They threw the <laughs> urinal cake in there, and they ran back outside. And when I came outside, they're sitting there eating with their fingers, and the mother no. has no idea. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. See, what did you do? I laughed. <laughs> you did, you're just, just like, yeah, I'm not. You didn't like throw the kids under the bus and tell the mom that they were eating urine cake and bacteria. No, I didn't. No. But um, yeah. And the other one that I went with, this 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 one mother was sitting there with her two kids, and I, you know, I didn't see the kids. They went underneath the table for a while, and I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. That's just kind of weird." Usually, the parent <laughs> would tell them to come back out, and so <laughs> she was just very tired. <laughs> she was, but when I when she when she lifted up the 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 um the uh, the the tablecloth, the kids were sucking her toes, and that's a true story. Are you? kidding me no i was i'm i'm dead serious me and my me and my wife are sitting there so grossed out but at the same time it, we could not take our eyes off of it oh my are we sure that those were indeed her kids and not some she had taken <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> that is the that is just creepy <laughs> yes it was creepy like, <laughs> you never had anything oh, like that happen or any any of those type of experiences no. happen no, I mean, I've had bizarre stuff. I had Carly, um, that's her name, one time announced to a pharmacist. And I don't, I do not know where this came from. She was two years old. She's sitting in a cart. And I guess the cart was at a level, so she was level with my chest. And I was just picking up some medicine, you know, for a toddler ear infection. You know, those are all the time. You know? <laughs> right. And she just looked at the pharmacist. She was like, you get to my mommy's boobies. <laughs> And every we all just stood there, and I didn't know what to do, so I kind of just pretended it wasn't happening. So the more I pretended it wasn't happening, the more she said louder, "Look at them! Look at mommy's <laughs> boobies!" So I just was like, "I'm like, you know, I don't know how to handle this, so I'm going to ignore it. If you need to laugh or whatever, that's fine, but <laughs> this it'll pass." But yeah, that was that was one that time kind of stood still for. Well, here's one that happened to us too. We were babysitting at the time, and now, I'm not a parent at all. I don't. We don't have children. You we were, not even a little, not even a little bit. <laughs> no, not even a little bit. But um, 
the funny thing was is that we were babysitting this girl and we took her out to McDonald's because we picked her up from uh from school. And uh, uh, we're sitting there eating, and this this lady came in, and I tell you what, she looked like a big dude. I mean, literally, I was sitting there questioning wow. myself if this was a female or if this was a male. And then she comes over, and she she told told us her name, and she goes, "What a cute little kid!" She goes, "You are just so sweet." And the lady, the the girl looks up at her, and she goes, "Lady, you look like a man." I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" You know, I was like, <laughs> "I mean, she wasn't wrong. She just was not wrong." Right. So that was right. funny. I was trying not to laugh. I'm like holding it in because I'm like, she said exactly what I wanted to say. But um, they always do. Yeah. And then you have to pretend like you're, uh, you know, that you're upset about it. But yeah, that's right. So yeah, I had to scold her, but I was laughing inside. Now, has that has anything like that ever happened to you where your kid almost got you killed? Yeah. Well, one time she did ask somebody if she had a baby in her tummy and the woman was not pregnant. <laughs> So that's that's always a good one, you know. You're like, oh, um, no, honey, yeah, yeah. That was that was a rough one, and that's you know when everybody's glaring at you. Um, and there was another one where it wasn't even so much what she said, but what she made me appear is she was three, and I took her to the doctor, and it was just for her normal physical. And I had told her she was going to the doctor, and I was one of those moms. I read her books about everything, so the kid was prepped to the nines about what to expect during her physical. And I'd be like, okay, tomorrow we're going, blah, blah, blah. And I gave her all the information. We get there, and the doctor is measuring her, and I'm all proud because my daughter is so adorable. And the doctor looks in her ear, and she goes, oh, my goodness, does your ear hurt? My daughter's like, very much. Now, the kid had never told me that her ear hurt. And the doctor turns around and looks at me, and then she looked in the other ear, and she's like, honey, does this ear hurt too? And she's like, it hurts so bad. And the doctor's like, and I'm like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, I, she didn't mention it to me because the doctor's looking at me, you know, like, why didn't you bring this up? And I told my daughter, I'm like, honey, why didn't you tell mommy your ears hurt? She's like, because you are not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I'm like, no, but I'm your ride, so it's important to fill me in on these kind of details. <laughs> That's right. But so that was one of those that just made me look like a bad mom. You know, I'm like, no, we've been reading books. Like, I've, I'm a good mom, really. I didn't know she was ill. <laughs> you know, I've given my mom some absolute heart attacks. and Oh, I'm sure. You know, like one of the things that I used to have, you remember those little three-wheelers those with the little whammy bar on the side? That we used to have in the yes. 80s. Well, I had one of those, and we lived on like up a hill. And then uh, when you got off the the sidewalk, uh, the driveway, it went flat. And I'm sitting there riding up, riding up, riding up. I said, "Mom, watch this!" And I hit that little whammy bar, and I did a 360 in the air. I mean, oh, it, it about killed me. And um, I had I had you know all kinds of um, all kinds of uh, scrapes and and bruises and and tar in my skin and. So I decided I'm going to go fix it. She's like, do you want me to help you? I said, no, no, I got this. So oh, no. I, I went inside, and, of course, one of the first things you want to do is clean it. So I knew that I, I knew I had to clean it, and I decided to grab alcohol. <laughs> 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 I, I don't remember much after that, but I know my mom was freaking out, and I was oh, screaming, and um, I never did that again. And the other thing yeah, that I, no. The other thing I've done, I've broken, I've broken thirteen bones in my entire body. From Are the you time, kidding me? No, from the time I was young to the time I, I, I to to now, uh, you know, when I play hard, I play hard. You know what I mean? So one of I one think time, you need to calm down, Mister. <laughs> well, actually, it stopped when I got married, so that's really good because I, I had She's one of those doing her job. Then yes, I, I, I look like Tim Taylor when he walked into the, uh, into the emergency room. They, they whip out a the, the, the War and Peace novel of, of what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I was sitting in I was sitting in this tree one time, and I decided I'm going to get out of it. I loved climbing trees when I was little, and when I when I jumped out, there was a little piece of the branch that was just kind of sticking out, just maybe about an inch or so, and it caught me on my on my belt loop, and I just kind of dangled from the tree. And oh I, my god! And I'm just sitting there, you know. And my mom drives by. She's like, "Hey, I'm going to go to the store." Um, I'll be back in a few minutes, and I'm like, okay, and she waved to me and then took off, and then I see her, she gets down to the end of the street, stops, screeches, and just comes shooting backwards, <laughs> and I'm just still dangling there like nothing's, you know. <laughs> 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 
Have your kids ever done anything like that to you? It just makes you like, you know, I can't believe you did that. No, you know what's weird is you know, I'm knocking on wood even now as I speak. Carly has never had a serious injury like that or one of those moments. Um, one time, I mean, she's done little stuff like get her like she stuck her hand in a mouse trap once. Mm. Um, one time, I thought she swallowed a ring when she was little, but then I found it on the floor, like all, but never any of those, oh my gosh, I see my kid fall and then there's blood and broken bones or things like that. Nothing like that. Um, it's more just the, you know, the daily, the daily drama and terror, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and then some of the stuff like I won't watch or do, like she went to go jump off some cliffs into a giant swimming hole in the area. I'm like, I, I, I don't want to know this, you know, I don't want to know these kinds of things, mm-hmm. um, but never, you know, most kids have gone through the like upside down off a swing or any of those things. And she did not have any big scary ones like that. She really didn't, which was, which was good. I think, I think the universe probably knew I would have had a heart attack. <laughs> 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 you know? Yeah, it's, uh, I, like, I see that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of kids stick weird things up their noses and in their ears and all of that stuff. She never did that, you know. What, what's what's some of the funniest things that could possibly happen to a mother that it's like, I can't believe my kid just did this. You you should be angry at them, but you're really, you, you, you just, it, it just, it, it happens. So it's like, how can you be angry? Oh, yeah. Well, some of it, you know, when they're little, little, when you see them use words that adults would typically use or like an an expression of anger that you wouldn't want your kid to necessarily do but if they do it in a way that's appropriate it it cracks you up Mm -hmm. like it really does like there was one time there was this kid in my daughter's dance class that just kept poking her and poking her and poking her and poking her and Carly finally screamed like knock it off and just push the kid across the floor and it was one of those, if it had been a scene in a movie, everybody would have cheered because this kid had been poking her for like a half an hour, <laughs> you know. Um, but as a teenager, it's more the stuff that's like typical teenage stuff that you feel like you should get mad at that ends up cracking cracking you up. Mm-hmm. You know, things you hear them say, um, F-bombs that get dropped at the dinner table. I mean, that's both of us, but, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is kind of, it's kind of a relief. But, you know, the little things like, oh, you know, found out where she hit her alcohol. <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I think I have the one kid that I confiscated alcohol from that asked me if she could have a refund for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm funny. like, yeah. Yeah, and that'll be funnier a few years from now. Now I'm still in the <laughs> <laughs> It's still in shock. Yes, I'm still like, wow. But I'm like, that's actually pretty ballsy and cool, so I'm okay. <laughs> that's know? right. Yeah. So what made you want to yes. become what made you want to become a a a comedian? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've been an actor for a long time, even before I had um kids. And then throughout that I would always get comedic roles. And I was also a singer. And a lot of times when I would just be doing things, people would say, you know, you ought to try stand-up. And I didn't think much about it. Um, and, and I was also a teacher. And people were always like, you're funny, you're funny, you're funny. So eventually I just tried it. Um, some people that I just recently worked with on a movie that's going to come out in February, which I'll tell you about in a second. But they had said, why don't you do some warm-up for this comedian that's um, going to be doing a, a webcast over here. So I did for the first time, and I I got hooked. You know, I signed with the label, and I just started performing. And then two years ago, I quit my full-time job to just do comedy and acting. So so I kind of it's kind of happened by accident, but it feels like the most natural thing in the world. Does that make sense? It does, absolutely. You know, it so- really does. So being a teacher, I got to ask, um, yeah. you've probably, you probably seen just about everything. Have you ever seen that one kid that decides he wants to try to fart and he tries so hard that he actually blows his butt out in front of everybody in, in absolute horror? 
I, do you know what? I haven't, but I've been near the smell of the kid who was sneaking one out thinking it wasn't get caught, but it's obvious where the cloud is coming from. <laughs> but I've never, yeah, so there's always, there's that kid. And then, you know, it's just like, can I go to the bathroom? And we're all like praying that he leaves. But no, none of the actual explosions. Well, that's I, Now, I've seen that happen to teachers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's funny. but the kids usually have better bowel control than the, the, this, the rest of us. Well, I remember one time we were sitting in the media room, and, you know, that's very quiet and everything. We were playing uh, Oregon Trail, and we all had those plastic seats, and this all of a sudden you hear this. <sighs> There's, oh. And we're like, <laughs> uh, yeah. and, you know, you could tell who it was because, like, the place is completely quiet, so you knew exactly what, what where it's coming from, and the the kids like beat red. So that was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen in school with, with was, bodily functions. And that kid is probably telling that story now is the most traumatic memory he's ever had. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, Miss. Yeah, you. and it's always funny when you know when a kid would fart and then try to cover up the noise with something else. Yes. You know, like suddenly, like throw their books across. The room. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I knew that was a fart cover. <laughs> I wasn't born yesterday. Oh, it's it, it was it's my shoe on the floor. <laughs> yes, yeah. sure it is. Sure it is. Hey, I've used the same excuse in a classroom. So <laughs> that's right. Well, we are just about out of time. We got about a minute and a half left. So tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, what type of things you have coming out and. Uh, how they can get in touch with you. Okay, awesome. Well, to find me, um, my website is missygrinkowitz.com. Now, Grinkowitz is not easy to spell, but usually if you just type in Missy, G-R-Y-N, it'll kind of self-populate. Um, I have a fan page on Facebook under Missy Grinkowitz, and I'm on Twitter as Missy is here. And then I'm excited in February. Now, it's not a comedy. It's a thriller. But I have a movie that's going to be released on February 10th called Days of Power. And there is a website that people can go to just called Days of Power to find that as well. So there's all kinds of cool stuff going on. Um, and my CD called Misrepresentation can be heard on Pandora. So if you can go on Pandora, if you make a Missy Grinkowitz, station you can hear some of my stuff i am not a g-rated comic so <laughs> i don't know i don't know um, many that are okay so just just so you know i've been so good on this show i think i've used only good girl words um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah so check me out at missygrinkowitz.com or on facebook twitter and then daysofpower.com perfect well thank you for coming on i had a great time this is a lot of fun and thank i can't wait you. to see your movie awesome Thank you so much. It's awesome talking to you. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got more, so don't go anywhere. Jason Dowd of Imagination Art Studios is proud to announce the release of his steampunk collection, which is currently on tour across the country. There you will see beautiful handmade masks from Venice, Italy, that accentuate beautiful women to create amazing stories and feelings to those who visit the collection. Each photo series has a theme, mask, authentic props, and beautifully elaborate outfits, all collaborated in the mind of Jason Dowd to create the right emotion and feeling. The masks come from a shop in Epcot at the Italian Pavilion, where all these photos are on display for you to see. This is one of the biggest accomplishments of his career having his work at Disney. Come see the beautiful first release of the series, which includes Distressed Dancer, Spanish Serenade, The Pied Piper, and Reaching for the Czars. You can see them in person or online at www.imaginationartstudios.com. For more information, visit the website. Again, it's imaginationartstudios.com. Our Facebook is Imagination Art Studios. Twitter is at Dow Studios. And Instagram is at Jason Dow. Come and be mesmerized by the masks and the stories behind them. This is Big Divitetto. You are listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, guys, we are back, and I am excited to talk to our next guest. Her name is Raffaella, and she is from the Capital 21 or Cap 21 Musical Theater. Uh, she is a different type of artist that we've had that we haven't had too many of on here, and that's theatrical arts. Welcome to the show today. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm good. You're welcome. So you weren't named after you weren't happen to be named after the uh, famous artist Raphael, would you? The female version of it. 
No, no, no. I'm actually named after my grand my grandmother. Oh wow, that's a really cool name. I really I, I, that was like wow, that's a really that's a really interesting name. I've never heard the name like that before. But other than Raphael, but that's cool. That's that's uh, that's a really cool name to have. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so uh, let's kind of get into your artwork. Uh, you do uh, theatrical arts, and it looks like you've been doing it for a little bit of time now. Uh, when did you start getting into the, into the uh, theater? My first show was uh, at age five in The King and I. Uh, Long Island did, did theater up until about age 18, then took it into New York City and came out here. But uh, my first show was at the age of five as a little princess in The King and I uh, <laughs> with my mother. And I just I kept doing it and loving it and never wanted to stop. Uh, I was in every musical, <laughs> I think, basically. Uh, I played roles like Mimi, Ariel from Footloose, Ebony and May Miz, Little Edie, Grey Gardens, all over the place. And then I originated my own role eventually off-Broadway uh, as a role of Elise in The Red and the Black. And uh, I came out here and have been focusing more on writing and my music. And um, the only theater show I did out of Los Angeles was Doxy's God at the Santa Monica Playhouse, uh, benefiting the Trevor Project, uh, December of 2014. And I played Van Sister, which was really a really fun part to play. Oh, that's really cool. So what kind of got you into the, uh, the theater to begin with? What, what was it that just drew, drew you to it? Um, just, I guess, as a little kid and being thrown into it so young and just associating, having an association with it, with my mother, my childhood. Um, and I, when I was around the same age, five, six, I saw my grandmother in Showboat and I just loved it. I thought she was so beautiful, dancing, singing, and the audience loved her and I wanted to, I wanted to do the same thing. <laughs> I just wanted to do it. Just, Seeing it and loving it and feeling the energy surrounding it, I just, I just kind of got, uh, kind of like I guess a high from it, and I just never wanted to let go of that feeling. I kind of wanted to carry down the family, I guess, tradition of being in theater and performing. And yeah, I mean, kind of my generation uh, in my family is doing that. I have lots of cousins and sisters and brothers, and we're all. Our family all are, is all very talented. Our grandparents are talented. My aunts are talented. My uncle is very talented. My mother is very talented. Um, and we are all doing it professionally this generation, which is kind of cool. That is cool, especially when the family can do something together like that and still, you know, not only do what you love to do, but also entertain everybody else. But, you know, it keeps you guys together. You know, so so many different families are into so many different things. You got some that are into sports. You got some that are into uh, politics. You got some that are into arts. And, and you kind of get divided because it's so hard for everybody to go to each one of those things and, and support everybody all the time. And then on top of it, you know, sometimes people just don't understand what that person really does and can't appreciate it as much. So it's really got to be a nice way to keep your family together and have have some type of uh, unity amongst yourselves, yet you guys can still enjoy what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got into, um, as you get into theater, obviously you're going to be doing singing and, and a lot of live stuff, you know, because that's the way theater is. So you also got into music now, too. Uh, tell us mm-hmm. what type of music are you getting into? Are you getting into the classical stuff that you see on as, in theater, or are you going to more pop, rock, uh, R&B type of, uh, type of music? I am doing pop rock, and my first single, Hurricane, kind of has, doesn't really have an R&B feel, but it has kind of that cool pop vibe to it um but it's heavily influenced by my theatrical background um the way my music video the concept of it uh is very influenced by musical theater like a a theater piece um so my music is pop rock but it's heavily influenced by my by my theater roots so it's like if i were extremely contemporary pop, like a pop rock version of Barbra Streisand <laughs> 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 like that's really throwing a curveball but I mean like if I I'd be writing music for for Glee you know what I mean 
Um, it's all the music is very pop, rock, R and B, every you know everything that you hear on the top forty on the radio. But it's heavily influenced by theaters, kind of the way the music is or was on the show. So what swayed you to do something like this? Because this is like really from one art to the other, and it both has its own disciplines that you gotta uh, accept and, and mold yourself to to do each one of them. Um, but they are also similar in so many different ways as well. Um, what got you from uh, one day saying, "Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna go into music and start writing my own music and stuff." Uh, I don't like following a mold. I don't like following the typical way of doing things. Um, I really wanted to be in New York. Uh, I love New York. I'm a New Yorker at heart. But I didn't want to follow the typical thing, which was graduate a good school, graduate a good conservatory, go on all these auditions, go on these cattle calls, just audition, 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 your book, your book, your book. Maybe you'll book a cruise. Maybe you'll book a Broadway show. Maybe you'll book an understudy. Maybe you'll you know, book a show and have to go down to Virginia or maybe you'll do a Disney cruise line. Um, but whatever happens, you book something and your career kind of just progresses from there. But there was just some weird uncertainty about the whole thing or just this is what everyone was doing. Not exactly certain, not exactly guaranteed, but this is kind of how it goes kind of thing. Uh, I just wasn't for that. So to create my certain, my own certainty and self, like sense of security, I guess, and just not wanting to be on a cruise or doing a tour for three years. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, um, like, uh, I like being close to home. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I would go on tour, you know, now, do my music. You know, I would go on tour. It's just, I, it's like I'm in control kind of thing. So I can pick where I want to tour or pick, you know, and choose when I want to tour, how I want to tour. Um, I, so I made the decision to kind of not follow the, um, to kind of take the other fork in the road, if you will, and just kind of create my own path. Because uh, I was kind of tired of people, and not even just <clears throat> not wanting to go on auditions and stuff, because I did. I, I auditioned for, for years, all the way from like, I did it from, um, I'd say maybe 18 up until 22, straight just like, okay, cattle call, auditioning, agents, monologue, singing, and I just didn't like it. Um, so, and, yeah, I just, instead of, you know, meeting agents or managers and being told, you know, in order for me to get signed, I have to do A, B, C, D, I'm just like, hey, I'm going to create the artist that I want to be, the person I want to be, make the art that I want to make. Um, I'm not going to, it's not, I don't have to, I'm still going to face rejection, but not the same kind of rejection, and I'm not going to be told that I'm not, you know, I have to change and do A, B, C, D in order to get signed or in order to book something. I'm just going to create what I want to create and people can either like it, not like it, accept it, not accept it. And when the time is right, the right people will be attracted to my work and, you know what I mean, kind of thing, kind of, I guess, mentality. I got gotcha. Going against the grind, I guess. <laughs> I gotcha. That's a true artist. You got to yeah, go that's... against the grind because otherwise you just drive yourself nuts. You know, I don't know too many artists that like to be stuck inside a, of a of a, that little path or that little box that they always are stuck in. They always like to get outside of it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, no. my cousin, uh, my cousin Veronica, who I said she's in the same generation, she goes to amazing school, and she just booked the lead in an off-Broadway musical at age 21, like, wow. you know, an originating a role. So everyone's path is different, you know what I mean? It is for me, it just to work out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't my thing. But now, being an art uh, in the theater, you you were saying that it does. Your songs have been having a uh, serious influence by your theatrical uh, experiences in theater. You know, I've noticed that those songs you have to have a very disciplined voice for them because it's not something you can always just go out there and just you know just whimsically sing. You have to be trained for something like that. How has that been helping you with your music today, and how has that trained your well, voice? Yeah, well, I've always been working on my craft. Like, there's not been maybe the most I've ever not worked on my craft. It's like, I, that's like, you know, I've just never not worked on my craft. I've just always trained. You know, like, I've always been in singing lessons, you know, piano lessons, dance lessons. Um, you know, if I wasn't in dance lessons, I was in singing lessons. If I wasn't playing the piano, I was singing and dancing. I was in a show. 
Um, now I'm doing, I'm with Enrage Entertainment. And so on a weekly basis, I'm in the dance studio I'm re- or I'm rehearsing with Automatic and Ebony. Um, but it never stopped. Like I never stopped training. So it's just, that's like years and years and years and years and years of training just within me. So I guess you could say, my dad says that once you do something for 10,000 hours, you become a master. <laughs> I think I've done it. I think I've, I've been doing this for 10,000 hours. I think I'm a, I'm a master. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how, that's how it's because I never stopped. I'm always working on it. You know what I mean? Well, you and know, if, I'm, if I go like a week without working on it, something feels severely wrong. You know, <laughs> I know that feeling. I totally know that feeling. Now you're kind of getting into the uh, area where you are you're becoming a, a double threat because now that you've been in theater and you're doing music and stuff like that, and you're you're starting your own music career. Have you ever thought about maybe do, scoring your own um, your own the, uh, uh, play or something like that, where you can write the music, you can write the lyrics, you can write the write the script for everything? Um, would you ever consider doing something like that? Yeah, actually, I, I feel pressure doing that. <laughs> like it has to, it has to happen. Otherwise, I'm, I'm not fulfilling what I'm supposed to. You know, I'm not fulfilling something um, because I mean, Alanis Morissette, she has, a, I think, a musical coming in the works. Sabrellas has her musical. Um, just it's definitely something I've thought about and thought that I, I have to eventually tackle and accomplish in my career. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good because I mean, I I love when people do stuff like that, and you know, even when I did my own artwork, I started with uh, fine artwork and then I did photography artwork, and I realized that each one plays a huge part in the way that I do things, and they've actually come to complement me in doing what I actually have found to be absolutely so much fun, and that is doing my own television stuff, and um, mm-hmm. and radio, of course. So you know, it's it's. It's amazing how you do little things here and little things here, and then you don't understand why you're necessarily doing them, but you enjoy it. But then it comes together mm-hmm. one day, and it's just like, wow, I am so glad I did all that stuff. And it, and it prepares you for something you just may not realize it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell me a little bit about your uh, your music now. Are you working on a CD? Do you have a CD coming out or anything that people would be able to listen to? Uh, I just released my single in the video, and right now it's just kind of working that, but I am in the works right now, an EP is in the works that I'm writing with Enrage Entertainment, with uh, Automatic and Ebony, and yeah, it's, it's right now it's currently in the works, it's very in the, in the very beginning stages, mm-hmm. not much other than we've done some, they like to call it. I guess music therapy where we talk about, you know, the possible topics and stories we're going to tell with the music and discuss the type of music and the feel. And um, so that's really what we've been working on. And and also just preparing for my live show, which should be happening in January, just to kind of promote Hurricane a little bit. But yes, there is an EP in the works. And tell us about your single. What's the story behind it? I mean, you obviously wrote it to one of your first singles that you've written. Um, what's the story behind it? How is it special to you? Hurricane? Yes. Uh, I actually did not write it. Oh, no, no, uh, no. You're single. Through... You're single. Uh, Hurricane is the single. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I haven't released... No, it's okay. I haven't released anything else yet. Right now, I'm working on the EP, which I am writing. Um, but this was something special. Uh, I didn't write it. It was written by the people that I'm working with. And um, I during during the time uh, that I heard Hurricane, I was talking to Chris Red, who is in a film that my brother is going to be in. And he was a rapper. And we're just kind of casually like, hey, we should collaborate, you know. And instead of just saying that, you know, like a lot of people do, and never, and never actually happening, <laughs> um, I was like, yeah, totally, we can get coffee. Yeah, sure, let's collaborate, blah, blah. Um, one day, uh, when I was at this, uh, I was called the Enraged Manor, uh, which is where I do all the recording and stuff, all the artists do that are part of the Enraged team. They, Automatic was playing the song. He was like, I have no idea, you know, 
who to give it to. We're trying to give it to, trying to figure out who to give it to, kind of on the label kind of thing. I don't really remember, but it was just a song that they had that no one has recorded. And I was just like, hey, can I have it? <laughs> I got a rapper and everything. This is great. And that's kind of how Hurricane came about. And I love the message, too, because it talks, it's all about women empowerment. And that's something that I've always been about. And, uh, you know, so I really connected with the words, and I just felt like it was meant to be. So the rest is history. No. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, uh, tell people how they can find your uh, music video and how they can find Hurricane and how they can learn more about you because, unfortunately, we only got about another minute and a half left. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram uh, as Ella Bella or Twitter as Ella Bella, Facebook, uh, just Rafaela, and also Enrage Entertainment has a SoundCloud that you can get all the music at. You can get Hurricane and download it for free. You can also get the latest version of Creep I did. Uh, and yeah, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud. That's it. <laughs> well, very good. Thank you for coming on and spending some time with us, talking to us about your your passions. And I wish you all the best. I cannot wait to see what you have coming out in the near future. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you're, it. You're welcome. All right, guys, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got so much more, so don't go away. Her, you need clearance. Uh-huh. She's a force, don't take it lightly. Uh-huh. Amazon, part of her diety. Uh-huh. I'm listening, that's so light. Me to recognize a queen dress pants or a night tea. Honestly, woke, I'll be awake. Awake and bake, but she don't bake. She call those shots and get that cake. And Beyonce on her birthday. And if you thirsty looking, partial hit you with that lemonade. If you thirsty looking, partial hit you with that lemonade.
All right, everybody, that was Hurricane by Raffaella. All right, guys, so until next week, we have so much more coming up. We got more great guests. Uh, we got more things to talk about. And I hope you'll tune in and check us out then. And if you disagree with me or agree with me on any of this stuff, go on Twitter and let me know about it. It's at D-O-W-D Studios. So uh, whatever you liked about the show, whatever you didn't like about the show, whatever you, if you have your own opinion about what I've talked about with the uh, division and the silencing and the censorship and the differences of opinion, please let me know. That's what I love to talk to you guys about. All right, guys, till next week, keep those creative juices flowing, create something amazing, be well, be safe, and we'll see you back here next week. Good night, everybody. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.